Welcome to the Maximum Movie Podcast, where we promote eating your fucking cinnamon rolls, bitch. Go eat them, motherfucker. Hello, and welcome to the Maximum Movie Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the latest two episodes on The Last of Us. I'm kind of be doing what I did before um, with episodes three and four, where I combined them into one review, just because I had a lot of, I had midterms and uh, some other stuff, spring break, I had to go home, so I couldn't record um, episodes as easily. But now I'm back, and I can talk about the penultimate episode and the finale episode. So, yeah, um kind of crazy that the series is done now i remember like when it first came out it felt like I, my mind was being blown i was like i can't believe we're actually getting the last of us adaptation and then now it's finally done like it's like you can just watch the entire thing episode one to episode nine and i th- honestly think like if you just take this as a a mini series and even if like like you just exclude the next seasons because like they'll be based on the next game if you just look at this as like an individual standalone story, kind of like how the first game was, it's probably, I mean, it's it's up there for iconic HBO miniseries, just as much as I'd say Chernobyl is, or Band of Brothers, <clears throat> The Pacific, a lot of these other really famous miniseries, I'd say, this show comes very close to matching the level of those, if not surpassing it, <clears throat> so, yeah, I was, I'm... I'm very I'm very impressed overall with this show. I think the creators did an amazing job of uh, re like reimagining the source material for a cinematic uh, audience. They just did it better than I think anyone else could have, to be honest. And I think at the end of the day, what the show needed to do, and what the game did, and what made the game so special was have the audience care and believe about Joel and Ellie's relationship and understanding why it's so important. So, like, that was, like, the... That was the reason the first game worked so well, was seeing that relationship evolve and seeing how it ultimately pays out, or, play like, plays out and the consequences of it. And the show, I would say, probably doesn't... I mean, the game is kind of unbeatable. It's iconic. So, I mean, I would probably say the show does, like, I would pretty pretty damn close to as good of a job as the game does, which is remarkable when it comes to Joel and Ellie, um, and getting you to, like, really believe them. Because if you don't believe them, then the show doesn't work, because they're, like, they're the foundation of the whole series. It's not a zombie show. I see, I see people complain how there's not zombies in the zombie show, but it's not a zombie show. It's a show about humanity pushed to the worst circumstances and what happens. It's a study on humanity. It's not a study on zombies. It's not an action show. It may be based on a video game, but like, if you just had random action scenes throughout the whole show, I feel like it would take away from the drama almost. I don't know. I, I think the way, they, the way they did it was smart, and it's, it was it would be how I did it. I might have added, like, maybe, 
like maybe one infected encounter in the last episode as Joel and Ellie are going through Utah or Salt Lake City. Like, because that episode is really short. It was only like 43 minutes. Could have been longer. You could have added like one infected scene as they're going through there right before they get captured by the fireflies. But, I mean, it's whatever. At the end of the day, it's nitpicks. I, I seriously think this series was phenomenal. Through and through. But, uh, yeah, we'll just get into it now. We'll talk about episode eight. I I think... Here, let's see. What I'm actually curious what the episode is called. Um... Oh yeah, when we are in need, when we are in need, that's the the words that are on the banner in David's resort. Um, so this episode, this covers the Ellie and Joel in the winter section as they're uh, like in the um, they're almost to Utah and they're in the woods and Ellie's having to take care of Joel. Because he's out for the count, like we saw. And this is where Ellie has to come into her own and kind of take responsibility for herself. She can't have, she doesn't have Joel to take care of her, so she has to be the one to take care of both of them. Um, and she gets the hang of it pretty quick. I mean, the episode starts, uh, oh no, the episode actually starts with, you get a, you get to see David. So David, yeah, he's from the game, but in the show they, um, he looks a lot different than he does in the game, but I think the spirit of the David character is there. The evilness in him. Because um, he probably is the most evil character in the whole series. So, And they did a really great job of bringing that like wickedness to life. Um, the actor did a great job. But he, even though he doesn't look like Nolan North, who played um, David in the game, still did a great job. So... Yeah, they, uh, the episode starts with David. He's giving a speech. He's reading out the Bible, and he's talking to these uh, people in this resort who look very scared. They look like they're about to cry. <laughs> he's talking to them about how, um, like, when you are in need, he will provide. And he's just kind of like spouting random Bible verses, trying to put his own spin on them. But you can tell that he's not a Christian. He's just using the Bible to spread his own message. He doesn't actually believe in what the Bible says. He's just, like, using it to manipulate people. And he has a decent following. He's, like, the leader of this community, and they all look up to him. And he has some, like, goonies that, like, help him out. One of them is, uh... Actually, this is pretty awesome. One of them's uh, Troy Baker, who plays Joel in the video game. He plays one of uh, David's cronies. And I was hoping that this guy would get murdered by Joel in the torture scene, but he actually ends up getting killed by Ellie, which is also meta, so, I mean, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I think, um, yeah, David gives a speech, talking to, to uh, Troy Baker's character, and he's like, you know, you're just gonna have to trust me, you're just gonna have to put your faith in me. And you can just kind of tell, you can even tell from Troy Baker's character's uneasiness around David that David's not someone you want to mess with. This guy, he has a darker side to him. You can't, it's not there on the surface, but if you, if you like look into it, that guy is wicked. So, yeah, um, set the tone for the episode, very eerie, very creepy. Um, and then, yeah, now then we go back to Ellie and she is 
on row now. Well, not, well, Joel's in the house, um, in, like, the basement of this house. She's getting medicine for him. And she, uh, is out hunting, and I love how they adapted this from the game where she sees the rabbit at first. I was hoping we'd get the rabbit getting shot, but she doesn't use a bow and arrow in the show. She uses a gun. She uses a bow in the game, which kind of works better for that shot, but it's whatever. But, uh, yeah, they show the right rabbit, good callback, and then Ellie finds a good buck, I think like a three-pointer, and she takes a shot at it, actually hits it, follows the blood trail, and straight from the game happens to come across David and his dude who uh, are like just happened to find the deer as well and Ellie's like oh I shot that and Ellie Ellie pulls up and he's like she sees David and um his his goon and she's like yo back up from that deer that's mine uh you guys can just turn around go away I don't want to deal with y'all and David immediately takes a curiosity to Ellie senior and um that's just probably the pervertedness of him the creepiness he like he's fascinated with her he's like oh what are you doing out here on your own you you know we could we could take you and we could help you and ellie's like i don't want your help um i just want my deer and he's like you know we're coming from a community we're struggling a lot we could trade you for the deer and she says oh actually i could use some medicine and we all know who that's for and in the game the way they did it was they didn't reveal that joel was actually sick or injured until um like, they didn't reveal he's alive until, uh, like, she asked for medicine. Because in the game, what happens is Joel falls off the horse and he, like, passes out. And then it just hard cuts to winter and you see Ellie hunting. And you don't know what happened to Joel. You're like, you're, it's ambiguous. And then when she goes to David, she's like, do you have any medicine? And then it's revealed, oh, she's getting medicine for Joel. But in the show, they kind of already, especially the last episode, they showed that she was taking care of Joel. They already sort of spoil that so didn't hit nearly as hard but um but yeah uh david's like yeah we can do that he sends troy baker to go get the medicine and you can tell that troy baker's character is like hesitant to do this he's like are you sure you want me to go grab the medicine and he's like yeah go do it and uh then ellie sits down with david and they talk and in the game this is i saw a lot of people complaining in the game with david you fight off infected and you that people say that play the game like that's how you got to trust him was through fighting infected with him and I guess it's fair enough but like honestly I don't I never trusted David even when we fought infected because like if you fight infected like obviously you're gonna be on the same side it's like infected or living so they're both living so they're gonna fight together I never saw that as like you know that's how you can know to trust David but you know whatever uh i don't know i just i didn't see that i didn't have that complaint with this episode i know a lot of people did like where's the infected but i i just i generally didn't care i do i was more i was more like looking forward to the story beats because that's what i liked from the game the most was like the cutscenes and the story so everything as far as that went was perfect and i think people were just complaining like there's just nitpicks seriously um and I, I do have one overall problem with the show, which I'll get to later, um, that being the pacing. But, I mean, I won't get to that till we get to episode 9, because I feel like that's when the pacing issues kind of start to catch up with the show. But yeah, um, 
So Ellie and David are in this little cabin thing, and David is talking to Ellie about his situation, him and his group situation, and he mentions the fact how he, I mean, it's winter, desperate times for food, so he sent out a few guys to go look for some, and uh, when they're out there, they got ambushed and killed by a crazy guy, and he happened to be with a little girl. That's what David tells Ellie. And that's straight from the game. And as soon as he says that, you're like, oh, shit. This guy's not messing around. And Ellie, or uh, David's like, James, lower the gun. And Ellie looks to her side, and the guy, Troy Baker, is already he's already back with the gun, pointed at Ellie. And I love that. I love that from the game. I love it here. It's a great little twist, and it's a uh, really good dramatic tension. Um, but David still lets Ellie take the medicine and he, he's like, yeah, you, you go on back to your friends. We'll leave you alone. Even though he knows that he's not going to leave her alone. He's just, uh, telling her that. But David and, uh, uh, Troy Baker bring back the, um, deer. And I think, I don't know if it was before this, but David's like having a, I don't know. This might have been the opening where David yells at this little girl because she's asking about uh, where her dad went and what happened to him. And the dad uh, that this was, or like, uh, are they going to bury the dad? And the dad that, her dad is the guy that Joel killed in the last, or two episodes ago at the university. And, uh, but yeah, she's really torn up and David's like, he basically slaps her, I'm pretty sure, and he's like, you dare question me? I'm your... He basically says, I'm your god. Don't question me. And uh, creepy vibes go up a lot there. But, like, so later that night, the whole community, David's community, um, it's this really creepy scene with this really eerie red lightning, and uh, all of the community members are eating this, this strange-looking food. It's like meat, but it's just too dark red... The vibes are off, and me having played the video game, I knew exactly what they're eating. It was, I mean, they're cannibals. Well, they don't know they're cannibals, but they are unknowingly eating human flesh, and that is such a like watching that episode again, knowing that fact, so creepy. Just oh man, such a great scene. And even at the end of that scene, David walks in with a deer, and he's like, "Yo, guys, finally got some food," and they're all already eating. And they're like, oh, if you just brought a deer and he's all excited about a deer, what what are we eating then? <laughs> and it's funny that I'm pretty sure the guy they chopped up was the guy that died, that Joel killed. So the chick's literally eating her own dad. Pretty pretty messed up. Uh, but I, I, had a, I have a theory. So I think that because David said that he sent men out to go find food, and as soon as those guys found Joel and Ellie, they like tried to kill him. I'm pretty sure those guys were looking for bodies to bring back and chop up and eat. They're looking for humans to kill so they could eat them. And that makes that puts way more of a dark spin on what was happening there at the university and what could have happened if they didn't get out of there in time. Uh but yeah, um I think at this point Ellie goes back to Joel, gives him the medicine and then she goes out with her horse. And this is when the 
David's men come back for revenge, um, and they track her down. And this is from the game where she's getting chased by the horse. Not as long as an action scene as the game, but she's escaping, and the horse gets shot, and she gets taken by David's men. Then she gets locked in a cage, and uh, as she's in there, she sees... uh, She talks to David a little bit, and she sees body on a table outside of the cage just getting chopped up and or oh that's from the game in the show she sees an ear on the ground and that's how she knows they're cannibals but um because that would have been pretty crazy if they had a dude just straight up chopping up a body in the show that would have been a little too much but she finds out they're cannibals and is horrified by them and david acts super creepy to her he like gives her food and he promises her it's not human meat and she's like, still questions it, but she eats it anyway because she's starving. Um, and David moves into Ellie and moves up to her cage and starts, he really starts to act really like just pedo right here. He's basically trying to coerce her into being his, like, I don't even know what he's trying to make her, like a sex slave or something just absolutely horrible. But he's just being really creepy to her, touching her hand. And this whole episode really is, like, straight from the game almost. I mean, David's, like, reaching his hand in there. Ellie grabs his hand and acts all caring. And then she breaks his fucking finger. That's that's straight from the game. I mean, that's Ellie. And David's like, you little... He says he calls her a C-U-N-T in the show. And I I don't know what he calls her in the game. But that that delivery in the show is like, holy crap. Damn, he said that. And... uh, He's like, how'd you put it, huh? Tiny little pieces. And because <laughs> Ellie really was like, are you going to chop me up? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to chop you up. And then after she breaks his finger, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you said earlier about asking about ch- tiny little pieces. Yeah, you know, we'll turn you into tiny little pieces. Um, but yeah, it's like line for line from the game. And I think at this moment, Joel has like a sixth sense that Ellie's in trouble. He gets up from his coma and he... Gets out, and um, I think he immediately finds some of David's men. He kills one, and then he takes two others, and we get the interrogation scene from the game. And it, again, this one-for-one one from the game of Joel. He has one guy tied up on the wall, and the other guy in a chair he's beating the living shit out of. And he asks him to point out a place on the map with the knife in his mouth. Which was set up in episode 6 with the old couple. I'm so glad they had it in there. And again, like, you know, it's just... I, I think I think these little pieces that they laid out throughout the show that were in the game that kind of, like, build up to bigger events later on. Like, you know, like, like for example, the Kathleen thing where they put the theme of The Last of Us 2 within her story. It's little setups like that that make the impacts of, like, Last of Us 2 coming later hit way harder, in my opinion. I think it'll hit way harder just because we had that setup with the themes. And, like, we got... I think this map scene hit way harder because he already did it with this old couple, and then he does it again with these guys. But this time, he does... He's not so nice. He... The guy tells him where it is, and he just chokes him out. And the other guy's like, you... You motherfucker! He told you everything! Why'd you kill him? I'm not telling you shit! And Joel's like... Probably my favorite line from... Uh, pro- oh, man, one of my favorite Joel lines, maybe not my favorite, but one of my favorites for sure is he 
goes up to the guy who's like, I'm not going to tell you shit. And he's like, you know, I believed your buddy or I believed him. <laughs> he kills, kills the guy. He's like, I don't need your information. I already got what I needed. You're just, you're just here, man. You're just a waste of space. And that was brutal. I loved it. That was the kind of Joel I want to see. I wanted to see more of that Joel in the series because that was how he was in the game all the time. He was just a crazy badass. And I mean, I think it works well with the show though because they're having Joel be a lot more soft. Not maybe not soft, but quieter. And then when shit hits the fan, that's when he goes crazy. And I think it makes it a lot more impactful that he goes crazy only in you know the most extreme circumstances. Oh, but yeah. So, yeah, he finds out where Ellie is, and then Ellie or David and David and uh, Troy Baker's character come back to Ellie's cage, and they take her out there about a killer. They put her on the table, get the butcher knife ready, and then Ellie last seconds like, "Yo, I'm infected. I'm infected. Don't eat me. You'll you'll get uh you'll get sick." And I think this is a thing that I kind of understand where people were like they should have had infected in the episode because. In the game, it made sense that she'd be bit because her and David encountered an infected. But in this, it's like they hadn't encountered any infected. So, like, I don't know. It makes less sense for her to be bit in David's eyes. At least, like, plausibly. I don't know. Because she's obviously bit, but, like, from David's perspective, he's like, oh, well, you couldn't have been when i known you, and I've known you long enough that you would have turned by now. So, I don't know. It's, uh, maybe that doesn't work as well, but it still is fine. But uh, yeah, she's like, I'm infected. Don't don't do this. And <laughs> like, Troy Baker's character's like, you know that that bite looks pretty fucking real, man. I'm not gonna do this. And Ellie uses a distraction to butcher knife Troy Baker in the neck. And he kills him. Oh man, that was that was pretty meta seeing Ellie from the show kill Joel from the game. It's like, damn, bro, that's it's cool. I, I mean. Like I said, I was hoping for the torture scene, but uh, that that makes sense. The character he was playing dies in the exact same way in the game, so maybe that's why they had it where Ellie kills him. So, um, so yeah, Ellie then runs into like the resort area where there's no one living there or no one in there. It's just, like completely empty, which makes me assume that like the people just have their own homes. This resort's kind of like just like a commune, and um. Oh, that's right. Before this, before we get to the final fight, David and Ellie actually had a pretty interesting conversation where he talked about what he found right before he breaks his finger earlier. He talks about how when the pan- pandemic hit, or the world ended, he he tells people that he turned to God, but that's not really what happened. He, Like I said, he, he uses the Bible to just spread his own message. He doesn't believe in the Bible. He just takes bits and pieces from it that he thinks would work well for his own message. His actual true thing that he believes in is the cordyceps, the fungus. He's like, that is our true God. That's what brought humanity to its knees. That's what can change the mind. That's what can, you know, bring us together. And he, that right there, he's like, that shows he's true. This guy's actually crazy. Not only is he a rapist, pedophile, creep cannibal murderer he's also just like a lunatic as far as his like ideologies go he believes the infection that wiped out all of humanity is like its savior like this guy is really twisted but anyways i found that interesting 
Um, back to the Ellie and David scene. In the so yeah, Ellie starts a fire at the resort, just like the game, and I I remember this section from the game having to stalk or having to hide from David stalking you, and uh, like just making your moves every time that he just happened to not see you. But like you had to be so careful in the whole section, and I think the show did a really good job of capturing that feeling of suspense and uneasiness in this close quarters like really similar vibes to the raptors in the kitchen scene from jurassic park maybe if they prolonged it a bit more than they did it was it was decently short in the show it was only a couple minutes but if they prolonged it a little more add some more suspense and i feel like it could have had like a raptors in the kitchen kind of scene but the vibe is still there still did a good job um and but then uh david's like calling out ellie like just talking shit he finally gets her, and he gets on top of her, and he's like, you have no idea what I'm capable of, straight from the game. And finally, Ellie's able to grab a knife that got kicked out of David's hand, and she just goes crazy on, uh, or out of uh, Ellie's hand. She goes crazy on David, though. Like, chops his face up probably 20 times, like 20 swings in the face with a butcher knife. It was ridiculous. And... That scene is from the game where Ellie just kind of wails on David's face, just instinctually just can't stop because she's like, she just went through the most traumatic experience. Just this guy was literally trying to do horrible things to her. So she just, she just like let it all out, all that rage, all that, like that fear just on this guy, just murdering him. And I think this is the true loss of innocence for Ellie where in this moment she... Because she's killed people before, but she's never killed someone like this before. But she's gone out on a guy. And, um, yeah, this is the end of Ellie being the innocent little girl Ellie that we know from the majority of the series, the majority of the first game. And in the game, this is where she switches, too. She's not the same after this. And that's like realistic. No one would be. Um, a slight difference from the game and the, uh, from the game to show to the game was Joel actually, once Ellie was, like, hitting them, Joel's the one that stopped her, hitting the guy in the face with a knife. He pulled her back, and it's like, yo, it's me, it's me. Calm down, calm down. And then Ellie, like, barely whimpers, like, he tried to, and then she can't even let it out. And and then they embrace, and the music plays. I, I think that scene was done a little more well in the game. Just that, like, that, that hit right there. And then, like, as they walk off, the lingers on the knife that's in the ground. It's all covered in blood that Ellie used. I thought that hit a little more hard than Ellie just having to stumble out of the building that's burning down and Joel just happens to be there and they embrace. Because, like, other, I, I kind of makes me wonder, like, what's the point of Joel doing anything? Is He didn't really do anything. He never even found Ellie. Like, Ellie just happened to come out of the building. Um, I feel like it would have been more impactful, like, the game when Joel actually found finds her and helps her. Because Ellie got herself out of that situation, but Joel's the one that consoles her right there and, you know brings her back down uh but just nitpick nitpicks uh still really well done in the show very similar anyways um and that's the end of episode eight uh really uh, that was a great episode it was very much a straightforward like linear story episode had one thing going and that's why I i like episodes like that like episode episode five had that going um Episode three had that going where there's just like this straight 
story that they're telling and um that's all there is to it like even the left behind one cuts back and forth between time and the episode two wasn't really like a straight cohesive story like this one is really just ellie versus david and in the winter and i think that's how it was in the game it was very like its own little set like small section of the game kind of felt like individual and then the show it has that as well and <clears throat> that's how it should have felt it did a great job I think that's what's so great about this show is every episode can be viewed on its own for the most part. But the ones I said at least, like I think episode one, episode three, episode five, even six, seven in a way, and eight. Episode nine, no, because you kind of have to see all that. But they all tell their own stories in between each episode, I feel like, for the most part. And it really like individualizes each episode to its own, makes it distinct. Um... Like a video game level. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it was a really great episode. I think before episode nine, if I had to rank them all, I would still say episode three is my favorite. Um, and then after that, episode six. Then episode five. Then episode one. Then... Then this episode. Then episode two, then episode four. Or seven. I'm not sure. It's kind of in the latter. Um, but yeah, I I think this is one of the... Great quality episode. Didn't bring down the series at all. It elevated it. Great job. Uh, and yeah, that leads us to the finale. Episode nine. Which is the shortest episode of the whole series. Only 43 minutes. And I think... I, I, I touched on it earlier, but I'll kind of start to get into it now. The pacing of the show. It's not noticeable, I would say, for the first few episodes. Maybe even up to episode 8. If you didn't watch, if you didn't play the video game. If you play the video game, though, you might kind of start to feel like things are a little rushed like they're going through things really fast they're going from one area to the next just fast as hell no really time in between but for tv viewers i feel like they like my mom watches the show she i don't think she has been feeling this rushed at all she seems like it's normal she feels like it's normal paced so I find that interesting that just for the people that have already experienced a story in a longer form, we feel it's rushed. But I think if they just would have given the show maybe one more episode or just extended the length of this episode or the last episode by 20 minutes, it would have been so much better. You could have added so much more stuff. And I think you could have fleshed out and really just made an epic final two episodes. If you just would have added an extra 40 minutes total combined for both episodes like maybe a little longer of Joel outside looking for Ellie a little longer of Ellie versus David um little like a one more infected fight scene with uh or maybe two more infected fight scenes like one with David and Ellie one with Joel and Ellie in Salt Lake and then they get taken by the fireflies um like I, I don't know I, I just think these these moments needed to I think in the game they just like draw themselves out and they linger. But in this show it's just you know, one thing after the other, you don't really even get time to 
like process something before you're on to the next thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It's still though. I mean, I'm going. I'm starting not talking about this episode kind of negative, but not to sound like I don't like it or anything. I think this episode was. Now that I can, I mean, I just ranked my last episodes for episode eight included. Now I'll include episode nine. I think episode nine would probably go after episode five for me. I think it's a little. Ah, nah. It's but it's it's. I think it's better than episodes. Four, two, and seven, but it's not as good as the rest. Uh, and it's it's it's. I think it's just because of the pacing, man. It's just a little too quick. You go through things really fast. Like the end scene, I think the final thing with Joel in the Firefly Hospital with him, you know, going crazy. That shouldn't have just been like a montage. It, it was a montage in the show. That should have been a full action scene, and. I, I guess it's just personal preference just for like someone that really wanted to get more of the show as much as possible out of it and I know I feel like they would have had maybe they just didn't have the budget for more stuff like that and if that's the case then you know whatever understandable but I I, I don't know there, was, there weren't that many action scenes in the show most of the budget definitely went to the production um, so and the visual effects I don't really think... I mean, that one action scene in episode 5, that was crazy. The one in episode 1 was crazy. That's it. I mean, you got the episode 2. That was like three clickers. That wasn't anything crazy. Nothing in 3. Nothing in 4. 6... Or 5, obviously. Yeah, the giant battle. 6, nothing. 7, 1 zombie. 8, nothing. 9, 1 zombie in the very beginning. That's it. I don't know. I, I, I think they could have for it. Uh... So, I think we'll just get into the episode, kind of getting off track, so. Episode starts, actually, with a cold open, which we haven't gotten since episode two. And this is a scene, it start, we start out with a scene of Ashley Johnson, actually, who is the voice actress of Ellie, and the motion capture actress for Ellie in the, from the video games. She's running through the forest, she's clearly pregnant, um, running from some kind of infected. She makes it to this abandoned cabin gets up there and i already knew that ashley johnson is going to be playing ellie's mom just from certain leaks and like analyzing trailers but i didn't really expect the way that they would explain ellie's immunity i think it's really cool how they try to actually give an explanation to it so what happens is yeah ellie's mom um i think her name's annie she escaped she's running from the zombie runs into this cabin up to the attic zombie gets in uh, Annie barely manages to kill it before it gets her, but sadly, zombie bit her in the thigh right as she was giving birth. Like literally, she was giving birth as the zombie was attacking her. Like she's in labor. Worst timing, uh, <laughs> by far for a zombie attack. But she gives birth to Ellie right here, and right after she got bit, and that is the reason that Ellie's immune is because her mom was infected right as Ellie was coming out of the womb or just about to. So I think it was just enough timing for her to like get these like special kind of cordyceps that mutated and um, make her, I think like they say the cordyceps like, rec- like it thinks that it, she's already a zombie. So it won't attack her. It's kind of like a disguise. So 
Kind of like a World War Z where you're, if you're sick, you're not going to be attacked by zombies. If you just get like a flu or something, they like, that's how they start to fix the problem is they send like these, <laughs> instead of sending cures around the world, they send uh, canisters of like different diseases to people. <laughs> I think it's measles or something. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, anyways. Um, so yeah, Andy gives birth to Ellie. And eventually, we cut to we cut the Talisugans, and eventually, uh, Marlene shows up to the cabin. Uh, young Marlene, I think this is obviously. I don't know how old Ellie is. She's fourteen, so this has to be like, I don't know, like two thousand seven or something. But she, uh, Marlene, walks up to the top attic, um, sees Annie holding Ellie, and. Um, I thought Marlene was going to walk up and she was already going to be turned to that point, but no, she's still alive. And she's like begging Marlene to take Ellie and keep her safe. And then she begs Marlene to kill her. And Marlene's like, I can't kill you. I, I, I can't. And she's like, please, I've known you forever. You have to just do this for me. Um, I'm begging you. I can't turn into one of those things. So Marlene puts her down and... Then from there, yeah, that's like the explanation for how she got Ellie. She took Ellie, took her to Fedra school, and then watched over her from there. And she didn't know she was immune until uh, she got bit with Riley later, way later. But, I mean, just lucky coincidence, I guess. Um, but I think this, they, sh- they showed us this opening to kind of help us sympathize with Marlene a little more when it comes to her decision for what she wants to do with Ellie later. Uh but I, I, I yeah I th- it wasn't in the game this wasn't in the game at all but I think it it wasn't I don't think it was a comic either but I think I heard it, was, it might have been a scrapped like side prequel game or something I don't know but they took te- they kept the concept for how Ellie got immune so that was cool okay and then yeah then we cut to present with Ellie and Joel now in Salt Lake City and. Just like in the game, Ellie is just not the same after what happens over there. She just kind of is a little more quiet, a little more empty. A lot of that like innocence and happiness is gone now, of and like enthusiasm about the world. Uh, but Joel, on the other hand, is more than ever since Sarah is like in dad mode. He's very happy, trying to cheer her up. You know, he's like, we're almost done with this journey. When we're done with this, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to play guitar. I'm going to relearn how to play the guitar. Uh, we're going to go anywhere we want, you know. And, like, she's like, all right, it's okay, it's okay. And she's, she's just out of it. And uh, it's kind of just not barely even responding to Joel. I felt bad. I felt bad for Joel. It's like he's finally gotten to this point where he cares for Ellie like he did for um, Sarah. And now he just doesn't. Like, she's not the same anymore just because of that. And, but still, I mean, they still have this connection. They still they still love each other. And they go down to the city, walking around, and uh, we get a, we get to, finally get a moment where Joel asks Ellie to, like, or he has Ellie, he boosts Ellie up so he, she can get a ladder for him. Cause that you do that all the time in the game where you can't get to a certain place, so you just use Ellie like, "Yo, get up there, grab me this." Cause she's like a little, I mean, she can fit in places you can't, so she goes up there, grabs it for you. It's easy. 
but <laughs> she the only time they do it in the game she, or in the show she messes it up she drops the ladder down because she gets distracted um, onto Joel and uh, Joel picks up back the ladder climbs up to see what's going on and uh, he walks over and lo and behold is probably my f- oh man there's so many favorite scenes from this game but one of the most wholesome and just satisfying scenes from the game is when Joel and Ellie see the herd of giraffes uh, in that escape the zoo and they pet it and they feed it and I think right here Ellie kind of gets some of her happiness and innocence back she sees that I mean this is this connects back to that theme I've talked about throughout this whole podcast all these podcasts have been doing is there's this theme of finding love and beauty through the apocalypse I mean that's what episode three is all about and here this scene embodies that oh so well like this is the scene I would say for that theme is Joel and Ellie in the post-apocalyptic wasteland are feeding a giraffe and they're at peace they're happy they're happy with where they are right now they they've reached like full like peak happiness they're at the peak of their relationship um they feel like they've reached their destination and they've like found something that is almost like mythical to Ellie and I think I think seeing Ellie like this just brings the happiness to Joel and reminds him of his daughter. And yeah, so he uh the 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 giraffes uh, Joel grabs a grass for the giraffe, feeds it, and Ellie's like is so fucking cool. All from the video game. They even use the same music. And I was like, Oh god, it's so so awesome. I think it was even a real giraffe. It kinda looks CGI, but I think it's just kind of a we kind of got into a point where CGI is so good it almost looks like real life. So we assume real life things are CGI. But uh, yeah, it was a real giraffe that they got on set. And Joel and Ellie watched the herd all leave. And they say that iconic line again from episode two, I believe, where Joel's like, is everything you hope for? Ellie says, no has its up and downs, but can't deny that view. And straight from the game. And I, this this here, uh, Joel asked Ellie. He's like, you know, we don't have to go to the fireflies. You know, we can we can go back to Tommy's and we can just live out our lives peacefully, forget this ever happened, and just you know live. And damn, I really wish they ended up doing that because of what happens next. But because like like I said, right here is like the peak of them. It doesn't get much better than this as far as the relationship goes for this story or the next um and it's like oh man if they really just if they did leave right here the last of us would have actually gotten a happy ending they would have gone back to jackson would have had a family joel would have been a a father to sarah or ellie ellie would have found love with dina probably tommy would have been there with joel it it all would have been perfect no abby (laughs) no golf clubs Oh man, but yeah, but I think that it's it's really it's important to put this conversation here because it's the last. It's almost like the last supper. It's like you're you sure you want to do this? You sure you want to go over here? We want to like get rid of all we have for this. And she's like, you know, we went this far. We lost all these people. All these people gave their lives for us to get here. Like Tess, Sam, Henry. We can't just stop now. We can't just give up now. And. Especially since Ellie, for her, I mean, her mom died from an infection. Uh, Riley died from an infection. Tess died from an infection. 
Sam died. All of these people that she cared about have all died from the cordyceps virus. And she feels like it's her responsibility because she has this gift of immunity. It's her responsibility to gift that to the world and atone for her sins of losing these friends that she's made along the way. She feels guilty for losing these people and she has this guilty conscience and she feels she can make up for that by uh, develop getting the cure made, going to the fireflies. So she tells Joel, she's like, no, we're, we've made it this far. We're, we'll do whatever you want after, but we are going to do this. And I think that, that right there says that Ellie, like no matter what, no matter what happens, like Ellie would want the cure to be made, even if it would kill her. She would want the cure to be made. And Joel sees that here, but, you know, Joel still, man, he, as much as he loves Ellie, he is a little selfish, so. But uh, we'll get back to that. Um, but then Ellie and Joel go down. Uh, they leave the giraffes, go back. They're trying to find the hospital. And they come across a abandoned army camp. And uh, this scene was not from the game, I don't think, but... I th- it was this might be my favorite new scene from the show. It's like a a new addition. This and that Tommy scene where Joel spills his thoughts to Tommy. I mean, this is just perfection acting from both Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal, and also just the messages here. And it it, it shows it really just hammers home Joel's mindset and tells you what he would do without telling you what he would do. Um, it gives you the, like the impression. But Joel and Ellie are walking through this army camp, and Joel talks about how after he lost Sarah, he ended up in one of these, and he actually tried to kill himself. Um, he tried to shot, shot himself, but he missed. He doesn't know why, and but he's like, he's like, I'm happy I'm here now. And um, Ellie's like, you know, I'm, I know why you're telling me this. It's because time heals all wounds, and. Joel looks at her and he's like, you know, it wasn't time that did it. And he looks right at Ellie in the eyes. And right there, Ellie realizes that it was her. She healed Joel. Joel was a broken man when she first met him. He was popping pills, drinking himself to bed. Like, he was, a, he was, he was messed up. Um, but through this journey and through her innocence and her, like, you know, curiosity about the world i think it's just made joel happy again and it's uh brought back that father-like energy in him and that's why he says it wasn't time that healed him it's people people heal wounds not time um and he's like you know i i owe you a lot and i think that's right there you realize joel will never give up ellie no matter what even if ellie wants to give up herself for the vaccine Joel wouldn't let that happen because without her, he isn't, he isn't himself anymore. He would be, he would be a broken man again. He wouldn't even be human. He'd probably just be lost. He'd go crazy. So he's, he's come to this point where Ellie is such a big part of his life that he can't lose her or else, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens when he loses her. But yeah, so that was a great scene though, man. I uh, like the music with that him telling her but that line where he says it wasn't time that he that did it It wasn't time perfect perfect uh but yeah so ellie and joel then get up and they're walking ellie spin her puns (laughs) this is is kind of stupid there's all of a sudden a 
a flash just rolls behind him casually. Like, where the hell did that come? How did they not hear that? And it blows up or flashes them, and then they get knocked out. But, like, I, I thought that was a little goofy. Like, how did Joel not know that was coming, bro? I mean, this is Joel we're talking about. But uh, it made a little more sense in the game for it when it happened. But this this guy just, like, I feel like the like Craig Mazin literally just threw the <laughs> smoke, smoke grenade prop in front of the camera. Like, I, I, was, I don't know. It was a little weird. Um, and then Joel wakes up in the hospital, and he's not with Ellie. He looks up. He sees Marlene. And Marlene's like, yo, he actually made it. Got all the way here. It's crazy. I had five guys protecting me, and all of them died. So it's a, it's a miracle he made it here. It's a good thing Ellie went with you, not with me. And Joel's like, you know, I, I appreciate that. I just want to see her, though. And she's like, you, know, you can't do that. We, she's being prepped for, sur- for surgery. And then Jill's like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean surgery? And she explains how they're a doc. She, in the game, in the this, this same scenes from the game, basically line for line, but in the show, they specify, she says, our doctor. Because in the, in the game, I think they just say like they. But in the show, they specify our doctor. The doctor. The doctor whose death will define the entire next game. I, I so I, I love how they're putting these hints way they're setting up the next story way more here and I love that it's it, it almost gives me it makes me uneasy just like knowing what's coming I'm like oh god oh so well done uh but yeah she's like our doctor says that uh Ellie has these like like I said the cordyceps thinks that she's cordyceps so zombies won't attack her um or like she can't the cordyceps inside her won't let her turn because she already thinks that she's a zombie and he's saying that if they get that out of her brain then they can potentially turn it into a cure and give it to everyone but here's the thing if the fireflies actually did make a cure which neil Druckmann has said canonically that they would have if they did they definitely would have like held that just to their own group like they would have given it to the fireflies first they wouldn't have given it to everyone because if they did that they'd be losing all the power and I feel like the Fireflies are low-key just another version of Fedra, just kind of like how Kathleen's group was another version of Fedra. It's all the same. They're all just bad people, just different names. And I don't know. I feel like if they got the vaccine made, they would just be selfish about it. They wouldn't actually help the world. They'd just be helping themselves um, and become like they have super high prices for it or they ask ridiculous amount, like things for it. So I, I don't know. It's... It's not like they just give it to everyone like she's saying. It's not that idealistic. But Joel's not having it anyway. He's like, I don't care. I, it's not going to happen. She just put her out. I want to see her again. And Marlon's like, there's nothing you do. It's like, so it's, she's already in there. You know, it's over. And Joel's like, you know, I can do something. I will do something. Like, I know something I can do. And Marlene, already, she said, like, you're the one person I didn't want to be in debt to because she knows what Joel's capable of. And here she's like, she sees what Joel says, and she she knows what that means. So she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not dealing with that shit. You always take take Joel to the highway. <laughs> not, not even a reward. Not even anything. She gives him Ellie's knife, which is, like, a nice little bit of something, I guess. A little defense. Like, can defend himself with it and also carry on the legacy of Ellie. No gun, though. <laughs> it's just a knife. But, yeah, he... 
they they're like yeah this you're gonna go on the run the road yeah it's over no reward you're, you're just getting out of here peace bro and they march him out of there at gunpoint and marlene sheds a tear she's like oh man i i'm sorry i feel bad for this but i mean at the same time i don't feel bad for marlene because i feel like like i said i don't think she would have done the right thing with the vaccine anyway um but yeah so we joel's getting walked down by these guards uh down to the basement and the music starts to come up like this you can start to hear the music building up i was like all right here we go what's when's the rampage gonna happen and i mean they're walking down the stairs and joel just out of nowhere uh the guy's like yo keep going and joel turns around pushes him back shoots the guy behind him and then Hits the guy in the face with the nub of the gun and then shoots him in the dick. Straight from the game. Shot the guy in the dick. The game, he shoots the guy in the dick three times, which might have been a little overkill. This Joel is more efficient with it. He just shoots him in the dick once and then just shoots him. I, I kind of like the way they do it with Joel here, though. I, I know I said earlier I don't like the montage thing, but I'm talking about his, uh, like, you know, his demeanor throughout the whole thing. He is stone cold, bro. Like stone cold, no emotions. He, he doesn't even like the guy is gets shot in the dick, and he's like, "Tell me where she is," and he's like, "I, I'm not telling you nothing." And he's like, "I don't got time for this," and he shoots him in the head instantly. Like in the game, he's like, "I don't got time for this," and he shoots him in the dick again. He's like, oh, "I'll tell you." He's in the fourth square, and then he finally shoots him in the head. But in this, no, he doesn't. He doesn't even hear what he shoots at. He just shoots him in the head, keeps going, find the next guy. And he doesn't ask anyone else where Ellie is. He is just on a mission to kill people. And the Last of Us theme comes in, but it's like orchestral. So great. And Joel just goes on this almost like classical just killing spree. It's like elegantly filmed. It's like a montage, like I said, which I had a problem with the montage thing just because from the game it was so spread out. It was like an action. But this is, I think the way they did it here it also works because it's very cinematic and I think it also portrays how evil Joel is in this moment. Like, it's showing him as the bad guy. He is not doing a good thing here. He is making a bad decision. Um, at least, like, logically. He's not thinking logically. He's thinking emotionally. And uh, he's almost like a force in nature here, the way it's filmed. He's just, no, no one's even holding the, like, no one can stop him at all. No one's posing a threat to him. He's just mowing every dude he sees down, shooting up their windows, shooting them across the hall. Like he's dodging bullets, going back instantly, shooting them in the head. He's stabbing dudes in the throat, and the music with it, especially, I think it just makes the scene show Joel as an animal here. He's out of control, and this is what you've been hearing about the whole time about the Joel that you don't want to mess with, you don't want to be in debt with. This is that Joel. And I think combined with the music, this scene where Joel goes crazy is probably going to be an iconic scene in HBO history. One of the more iconic ones, for sure. Um, I mean, I can see this up there with, like, the the Red Wedding scene or, like, I don't know. There's a, I don't want to go into all the famous... It's, I, I'm talking my head, I can't think of, like, the list of exact famous HBO scenes, but... This is this could go in a compilation. This scene specifically of the music and him mowing all these people down, it's peak last of us and i think it defines the show for what it is it's a broken father who would rather save his daughter than save the world
like you rather let the world die than his daughter die. Um, and that that's I mean, <laughs> agree with him or not, he, that he has his beliefs. Uh, and eventually, once Joel kills everyone, he makes it to the doctor's office and he I'm right here I'm like all right this is it how are they gonna do this this is like the scene so he walks into the doctor's office sees them operating on Ellie or about to operate on Ellie the three doctors and he's like get away from her and the head doctor who we know is Abby's dad the one who grabs the scalpel and is like hey what are you doing in here I won't I won't let you take her and the game and the game he says uh I won't let you take her. Think of all the lives we'll be saving. In this, he just says, I won't let you take her. And Joel cuts him off and shoots him in the head as soon as he picks up the scalpel. Because this Joel is not messing around. He does not have time. He's a force of nature. So he mows the guy down. I, I love that. I, th- I think that, because it's so casually done, but we know what, it, what that will lead to. That, that death right there. Um, but yeah, he unhooks. He tells the doctors to unhook Ellie from the, from the equipment. And then he grabs her, takes her out of there. And I find it interesting how in the game, Joel's being chased by guards with gunfire as he's taking Ellie out. But in this, everyone's already dead. There's no one to stop him. He already took everyone out. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and also as he's leaving the room, you get a lingering shot on the doctor's shot face on the ground. Just, just to remind us, or... Give us a little foreshadowing of what's to come. You know, everything, what goes around comes around. Joel, Joel get what's coming to him. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, so he, he rescues Ellie. He goes in the elevator, goes down. And, like, all this is from the game. I, I love how accurately they did this. It's so crazy accurate. Um, and, like, shot for shot, beat for beat. And, but yeah, he goes down to the parking garage to find a car and there's Marlene down there, and she has a gun at Joel, and she's like, you know, you didn't, it's not too late to fix this, you know, you, you can take her, but she'll, she'll probably get killed, she'll probably die, because it's a cruel world that we live in, and you could have saved this cruel world, but you were too selfish to do it, and Joel's like, you know, it's not for you to decide, and he's like, it's not, and Marlene's like, it's not for you either, it was her decision, but it makes me like, you know, you didn't even, give Ellie a choice you just knocked her out and put her in surgery she would have just the last thing she would have ever felt would have just been her with Joel and then she would have been dead because she would have just died in surgery so like I don't know I it's such a morally just complicated situation this whole ending uh yeah so she's like you know you're still time to save this if we can even after what you've done we can we can find a way to fix this. And uh, <laughs> and Marlene got her hands up with the gun. She's like, she's like surrendering. And we hard cut the Joel in the car from the game. Because in the game, you're talking to Marlene, uh, Marlene, and then you cut Joel in the car. You don't see Ellie in the back. So you're not sure if he gave her up. Just like the show, they do that. And then and then you cut to the back, and you see Ellie laying back there. And you're like, oh, thank God. So good. I think the way that they filmed it in the game was so perfect, the ending, and the ending is so iconically done in the game that they just decided not to change anything, not the shots, not the what happens, not the dialogue, anything. It's all, even the music is exactly the same as the game. Um, and 
But yeah, uh, he's driving Ellie away, and Ellie's like, what happened? And he's like, you know, we found the fireflies. Uh, you know, it turns out there's a lot more like you, dozens actually that are immune. And he he tells her that the hospital got attacked by raiders, and he barely got Ellie out of there in time, and that all the fireflies are dead. <laughs> and Ellie, for Ellie, that's like the ultimate just worst thing to hear, because she... She was, that was her purpose. She thought, like, I'm going to be able to make a cure. I'm going to save the world. But no, if she, that got taken away from her. She wasn't even awake to see them. She just, it's all gone without her even knowing. Um, and of course, Joel's lying to her about what happened. Obviously, the fireflies are gone, but he's the one that destroyed them. <laughs> it wasn't raiders. It was a raider. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, and then we come back to Marlene and, Joel shoots Marlene from under. He has a gun under uh, his Ellie's legs that he's holding. And he goes up to Marlene and she's like, yo, please, let me go. I, 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 I let me live, please. And uh, Joel's like, you'll just come after her. Shoots her in the face. So badass. In the game, he says it kind of like, you'll just come after her. Shoots her. But in the show, the way Pedro delivers that man, so cold, stone cold killer cold-blooded man it's badass uh but yeah i i really really love that um i found that found that just i loved it in the game loved it here it's very ambiguous you're not sure how to feel and i can tell that the ending is getting the exact same reactions as the game ending did because the game ending got if the ending was polar the ending was probably the best part of the game but also it was polarizing because like it was just so you know, it's the ultimate decision. Do you choose the ones you love or do you choose the world? And I think that's at like the core of the story. And I think it's brilliant the way they wrote it, that that would be the climax of the story is Joel having to choose to save the world or save Ellie. And that's not even a choice for him. That's not a choice. It's just like, there's only one option for him. It's save Ellie. The cure thing with Ellie dying would never be an option for Joel. He would not let that happen. So that's not even an option. It's just one option, and that's save Ellie. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he kills Marlene and tells Ellie the fireflies are gone. <clears throat> yeah, and then we uh, cut to them driving to Jackson, and they uh, get eventually get to the hill. And I love, I just... I, I love this show so much, how they captured the spirit of the game, and the moments of the game like that the end of the game when you're walking with Joel through the fields or like the hills and you're trying to look at Jackson and like they capture that so perfectly in the show that vibe of just slight uneasiness but also just like catharticism you know like I I don't know I I love that just slight just you don't know how to feel you're happy for Joel because he seems more happy than he ever has but Ellie is like broken not only was she her innocence was lost with david but now like the main the one thing that she wanted to do the one thing that she was like looking forward to doing like that she thought was her purpose is taken away for her she didn't have a choice in it and uh like yeah it's the acting by bella ramsey so great she she really i know people were giving her shit when the series first started but she proved herself definitely um one of the best 
jobs acting I've seen and uh, shown a long, long time standout performance. Her and Pedro, both perfect. And they had to get two actors that, you know, had chemistry together like that, and they got them. They, 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 these are Joel and Ellie. It may not be Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, their versions, but this, this is just a different version of Joel and Ellie. It still is Joel and Ellie, though. They proved that. They they proved that. Um, but yeah, so Ellie and Joel are walking through the hills trying to get to Jackson. Joel's talking about how much Ellie would have loved Sarah and how they would have gotten along. And I, I just love, like, the slight just nervousness in Joel's voice or the slight, like, giddiness. He's so excited to be home at Jackson with Ellie and... You know, he's just so ready to start a new life that he can barely even contain his thoughts. He's just talking so much. He's like a little kid. Like, kind of how Ellie was talking so much earlier in the series, where now it's Joel that's talking a lot. Ellie's the one that's really quiet. Uh, and eventually they get to the top, and they uh, they see Jackson. Shot for, I, I mean, that shot was iconic in the game, iconic in the show, overlooking Jackson, Ellie, and Joel. And as they're about to head down, Ellie's like, yo, Wait, I have to ask you something. And, I mean, this probably the most famous lines from the game is the final few lines. And she, they, they kept it one for one. She, Ellie asked, like, you know, I, I've, when I, when I first killed someone, I, I wasn't alone. Or the, when I, when I killed someone, actually, was, like, my best friend, Riley. We were in the mall. And, you know, she got infected and I, I had to take her out. She's my best friend. And then and then she talks about how Tess was next. And then Sam. And then, like, she just says how the all these people that she's loved um, have left her. Kind of like how she's in episode six, where, like, everyone I've ever loved has left me except for you, Joel. And she sees how everyone that's left her has left her because of this virus. Um, and... She's like, I, I I don't know. I just feel like something's not right. I mean, we go through all this and my whole life purpose is to cure this disease and, you know, not, nothing even happened. Like, they're just gone. And Joel talks to her. He's like, you know, you you keep finding something to find, uh, fight for and that's what keeps you going. And he looks at his watch, touches his watch, because, you know, the thing that keeps him fighting is with Sarah and now it's Ellie um and that's for him that's what keeps him finding his people but for Ellie what keeps her fine I feel like is the not just people but you know greater greater meanings and greater like thoughts because ah, it's this might be spoilers but Ellie's consumed by this concept of the fact that she her life amounts to nothing and that like plagues her and later she is like just so caught up in revenge and like she can't just take and appreciate the people she has and just relax you know whereas Joel can Joel because Joel's already found the people that he loves and he's satisfied with the people he has now so he's able to relax and he's much more of a people person whereas Ellie is just I think she's more bigger picture uh and this is spoilers for part two, but one of the biggest things about the game that people didn't understand was I think that her at the end of the game when she's fighting Abby and she lets 
she lets her go and doesn't kill her. She's letting go of that revenge because she realizes she th- she right, right when she does that, she thinks back to Joel. And she thinks about the people and the little moments we have of people and how important they are and how you can't get caught up in these greater concepts of wanting to save the world or wanting to get revenge. You just have to live your life as you have it and live with the people you got and appreciate it. And um, like Ellie had that in part two with Dina and her and uh, uh, what was Dina's husband or what was the guy? What was that guy? Was it? Man, this is gonna kill me. Jesse, Jesse, Jesse's Jesse's baby. They're they're living peacefully, but Ellie's still is overcome by this revenge because that's all she can think about. She can't just be with people. And then I think right when she's with, she's about to kill Ellie, and she think or Abby, and she thinks back to Joel. That's her realizing why Joel saved Ellie. It's for people, it's for those moments, just to spend time, not thinking about the greater purpose of everything. Like, oh, my life would have mattered if you would have just, like, let me die and let the fireflies kill me. And then Joel's like, you know, if the Lord gave me another chance at that moment, I would do it all over again because you are my purpose. The world's not my purpose. You are. And even in part two, you see that with Abby, her her purpose was Lev towards the end. And Ellie saw that Ellie couldn't get past that. Ellie and by the part end of part two, like Ellie comes to this realization of people are more important than the greater, greater thing, but it's too late for her at that point. And that's why part two is such a sad ending. But like uh, that, that concept is, that's the fundamental difference between Joel and Ellie here is that Ellie is just so caught up in the bigger picture. Joel is caught up in the people and that's the fundamental difference. And Ellie doesn't understand that about Joel until she lets Abby go, thinks back to Joel's conversation about why he saved her, and then she comes to peace. I did, sorry, I I just find that interesting. Spoilers for part two over, but you know, it's very. The Last of Us is the reason I love it so much is the themes and how you can have conversations like this that are, you can go deep into these stories and these characters that you can't go into with most other media. Because these, the way they write these characters is they are real people that make mistakes and have personalities, have their beliefs, and they stick with their beliefs. And these beliefs are challenged, and even still they won't change them. But they go through these crazy events and these crazy things happen in their lives that force them to change their worldviews. And I, I find that so interesting, the way these characters change. That Like the character arcs in The Last of Us are... Oh, chef's kiss. <clears throat> but... You know, Joel's like, you, you keep finding something to find for, fight for. I fight for people. And Ellie cuts him off and is like, because she doesn't understand it yet. She doesn't come to understand this until part two. But she cuts him off and is like, swear to me that everything you told me about the fireflies was true. And you get the suspenseful uh, guitar in the background. Straight from the beginning. I'm in a shot, shot for shot, back and forth with Joel and Ellie. And Joel looks at her for a little bit ponders and he says he says he swears he's like i swear and then we come back to ellie and i think it's like a 14 second pause between Joel saying i swear and ellie finally saying okay and but you can see the way bella ramsey portrays it just like how ossie johnson portrayed it in the first game you can see in her face that she wants to believe Joel, she wants to trust him but she knows that he's lying deep down and then cut Cut to credits. That's the end. Same in credits on as the game as well. Uh, and, you know, 
after talking about this so much, I, I come to appreciate this episode even more just because of the themes laid out. But still, I think the themes of this episode are in the... And more so, this applies to the game and the show. So it's not just the show. It's not the show that's doing this. So I would still say this episode is probably... Like, it's better than two or four or seven, but it's not as good as the rest for me still. But it's still a great episode. And the themes are there. There's awesome scenes in this episode. It's just too short. If it was longer, place things out a little more. Helped us understand the messages of this a little more. I think it would have worked. I think they could have had that theme of people versus the world, like more put in uh, maybe it was very subtle in the show and it's very subtle in the last of us too but that's like the whole really it's the whole theme of the series that like you either you find love in the individuals or you find love in the greater purpose um and you know maybe they could have hammered that down a little more because I, my mom it's kind of funny because after you play the last of us game you're so attached to Ellie and Joel that you kind of are in Joel's position where you see Ellie as a daughter just because you've played like 12 hours with her as your side as an NPC and you've literally also played as her. So you just have this attachment to her by that. The show, though, is different because you don't play as these characters. You're watching them. So in the game, when you're asked, like, all the gamers are like, yeah, I would have totally done what Joel did. In the show, though, I think it's a lot more people are like, oh, Joel's a bad guy. The way they portrayed it it made it seem like Joel did the bad thing. And also, like, it just, you maybe, I, I mean, I personally, I really connected to Ellie, but, I mean, maybe from someone that, for someone that, like my mom, who didn't play the game and just watched the show as an outsider, she probably didn't get as attached to Ellie while watching the show as I did while playing the game the first time. You know, I think it's just different. So maybe that's why she's like, you know, Joel shouldn't have done what he did. That was selfish. It, uh, it wasn't right. Because maybe they didn't hammer home that theme down more. I thought they did a... But I still thought they did a good job of it. Like, overall. I mean, the series is top-notch. I, I'm nitpicking here. And I, all my complaints throughout all these podcasts have been nitpicks. Because this so this show is so damn good. Um, and, like, the fact that we're... Like, we got this still blows my mind we have the last of us now and it's a it's a fucking miniseries we can watch it i don't have to watch i remember i watched the game movie of the last of us the remastered one that came out in 2014 i watched the game movie of that with my dad like five years ago and you know now we're here where we have the show that's out and i can watch it with my mom and i can also watch my dad who we watched it together back then now we can watch it with a fresh pair of eyes and I, I just think it's so awesome that, that this came to this came to be and it was made by the same guys that made the game and people that love the game and its themes because I, I think not only did they get the relationship of Ellie and Joel down which is the most important but they got the themes down and I think the themes and the messages of The Last of Us are besides Joel and Ellie the most important part of the entire series and they got it down got on the message of people versus the world. Got the message of what we'll do for, for the people we love, whether it be bad or good. Um, got the theme of revenge is a double-edged sword. 
And we got the theme of finding beauty in the worst circumstances. And I think that theme can be applied to the first one where Joel finds Ellie in the worst time in his life and he's finally able to free himself from this 20-year depression that he's been in. And I think that's the heart of the show and that's, that's why it works so well. The show nailed that. And because it nailed that, I think it's succeeded in adapting The Last of Us. This is by far the best adaptation of a video game I've ever seen. I don't think anything will get close to this besides maybe season two of the show. And even if season two is absolute cock and balls, like I said earlier, this first season is peak. We got a perfect miniseries right here that has these themes and... Yes, it's more, it's not as standalone as, let's say, the first game, just because, like, there's a lot of setups for the next season here, like, in just hints. But even still, it's, like, overall, it's kind of like, you could still watch it as a miniseries. I think it'll just be accentuated by the next two seasons, because they said they're going to split the game part two into two seasons, so we're going to get three seasons of the show, at least. Or they didn't actually say two seasons, they said more than one, but... I don't know how they'd split that game into three different seasons that are all like eight or nine episodes. I don't know how that would happen. I, my prediction for... So I, I think this is how they're going to do it. So, spoiler alert for Last of Us Part Two. I think that the second season is going to be basically all of what we got with... Ellie and uh, Joel, like the flashbacks throughout the game of The Last of Us Part Two, we're going to get all of that. We're going to get all of the Abby flashbacks that are like her before her dad died. And then we're going to, I think we're going to get a little more time with Abby. I think we're going to be able to get to know her a little more, which is a complaint a lot of people had with the game was Abby just comes out of nowhere and kills Joel. I think that we're going to have Abby be built up maybe a little more where she's like in the community and she's like sneaking in, infiltrating. And then she goes ham on Joel at the end of the season. And then we already, and then we figure out that she's the one who lost her dad, the doctor, and we get that flashback. And then the season ends with Joel dead and Ellie going on the revenge quest for Abby in Seattle. And then season three is like both perspectives of Abby and Ellie there. Uh, but like, even still, I don't know how they'd be able to fit all those flashbacks for a full season. Like, I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how they do this because they're going to have to completely switch around the game's narrative for it to work like that. They can't keep the same narrative structure. So, or else, like, if they end season two with the theater thing where it cuts to Abby, like season three opens with Abby in Utah and season two ends with, like, Abby holding Ellie at gunpoint in the theater, I will actually... That would be something I would stop watching the show over. Because I hated that in the game. Absolutely hated that cut. So, But Neil Druckmann has said that he's most looking forward to the changes that they're going to make. And I think these changes will be improvements. And they'll hopefully have read some of the online criticism. like, Because there's a lot of it for this game. And they could, you know, improve on what they did. Make it better for the cinematic form uh yeah <clears throat> um last things i gotta say um 
like yeah acting was great in this show music was great i'm so happy they got the composer back once again like he did a great job i'm excited to see what he's gonna do for the next part um the production design was amazing action for when it was here was pretty good uh nitpicks overall is just the pacing and you know some of the choices that they did of like episode four why did they have as much time spent with kathleen as they did they didn't need to do that and they could have i don't know they could have added a little more stuff to that but you know nitpicks overall this series blew my expectations away i got to watch it with people who didn't experience the game so it was fun seeing their reactions and yeah i i'm very very happy very impressed um i think that's all i gotta say honestly this has been really fun doing these podcasts these episode by episodes i don't know when i'll do this again if i will do this with another show i think i just kind of did with the last of us because this game means so much to me and it i like the story itself for the last of us like i said in one of the earlier podcasts it's an important story that needed to be told and i'm glad i got told because i think the message of choosing people over the world is something that now more than ever applies to the world that we live in so i'm so happy that we got to see this and i'm so happy it was hbo imagine if like i don't even know like paramount did this or something like oh god no, thank god it's thank god no it's hbo hbo all the way man they can't can't do no wrong uh, no they can Season 8 of Game of Thrones, but hopefully I didn't jinx Season 2 of Last of Us. <laughs> or Season 2 of House of Dragon. You know, actually, that'll probably be the next one I do is uh, when House of Dragon comes out, I'll probably do an episode by episode of that. Because that's like the next thing I can think of. I, there's not many other shows that I watch that are like, I go into... Cause I, I'll, I'll review like seasons of shows. Like I'm going to do an episode on... Uh, Succession season four and Mandalorian season three when those are over, but I won't go episode by episode just because I think that I knew this show every episode was going to be crazy just because of the game. Um, so and every episode has something to say, like I said, it's all very individualized, besides like episode four. So yeah, I, I'm happy I did these, I've enjoyed them. If for those who have been listening to these, I'm glad that you have been here. I hope you've enjoyed them. I've certainly loved talking about this show, so I hope you've, uh, you know, can handle me rambling and stuttering. I'm st- I'm getting better. I feel like if you like listen to these podcasts over the, you know, the duration of all of them, you can see my improvement in my speaking. So I'll I'll definitely hold this series, um, in my heart for a while. I have fond memories of doing this podcast for it and watching the show it's been a great time guys um kind of said it's over damn i actually am it sucks no more last of us bro it's crazy can't believe it's already over but yeah guys uh thank you for listening i hope y'all have a great rest of your day don't forget to eat your fucking cinnamon rolls i'll see y'all on the next one peace bitch